0: Hi, This is G. Craig Lewis here with another XCAST podcast, our EX Ministries podcast where we discuss current events and different things that are affecting the body of Christ to bring light and insight, hold things up to the word of God and believe that we can get revelation from God and explanations for some of the things that are going on. And we like to take on various issues and topics that maybe a lot of people may stray away from. But we do believe that it is beneficial unto the body of Christ that we speak on these certain issues. And today on our podcast, I have a very special guest that I had the privilege to meet several years ago. And it is none other than the pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center, Pastor Fred Price Jr. How are you doing, Pastor?
1: I'm good, Pastor Lewis. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing real good. It is wonderful to have you here on the broadcast. And I definitely wanted to bring you on because I wanted the body of Christ and those that follow our ministry to get clarity on some of the things that they may not be clear on about you and your ministry. But I first want to just kind of talk about the transition into the Christian uh, Crenshaw Christian Center. I guess that's going to be a tongue twister for me throughout this broadcast. Yeah, three C's. (laughs) But the transition you've made as pastor, now how long have you been in that particular position?
1: Well, I was uh, installed on March fifteenth, two 2009, so we're coming up on, uh, well, I guess 10 months yesterday. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that is a wonderful thing, and we know the, the, the body of work that your father has done to fill those shoes. Those are some big shoes to fill, but I will be praying with you as you you know make this transition and step up in that role. But I do want to kind of touch on some things because everybody knows that EX Ministries, we've had a just a fight for, I guess, the last 12 years, a fight against the hip-hop subculture that has affected the body of Christ infected I guess is the word we can use at this point but there has just been mass deception that this uh, idea has brought to the body of Christ and I know that your particular view on this particular subject was a certain way when we met and there was a transition made so I kind of want you to explain if you could to the people what transition you've made and what hip-hop has done or as far as your ministry how you are utilizing hip-hop in your youth ministry
1: no problem okay about 10 i mean seven years ago about seven years ago um a thought came to my head um and i wasn't familiar with your ministry at all um i was very well versed in what i would say secular rap but not as well versed in the history of hip-hop I guess I thought I knew hip-hop just because I knew a lot of rappers a lot of songs and things of that nature and I kind of knew what the current news was but I really didn't know what hip-hop was what what its origins were, etc so I had a thought and and this honestly was the thought I wanted to do a hip-hop Sunday it was going to be one Sunday and and The purpose was to, you know, explain to the parents, from my, you know, limited knowledge, explain to the parents why they're so drawn to this culture and how this this culture or this vehicle could be used, you know, to push the gospel, to promote the gospel to to minister to young people. So it happened August two thousand three. It was supposed to be it. Realistically, it was not supposed to go on as long as it did. I really didn't have a vision for it I don't, I don't have a calling to hip-hop You know, it's, it's not my ministry It's not my lane It was just like a one-time thing But we had so many people show up that Sunday It was like, okay, maybe we're on to something So we went ahead and we m- moved it to the next Sunday And then next thing you know It replaced our Youth Sunday Because we already had something called Youth Sunday And Youth Sunday was just letting the youth come in And minister and kind of run the you know prelim part of the service you know, Dr. Price would still teach the word, but they would just kind of run the rest of the service, so we replaced you Sunday with Hip Hop Sunday, and that was every fifth Sunday. So it was about four, maybe five times a year. Well, you know, time progresses, and um, what a lot of people don't know is after that first time, I mean, I really was done with it, because I didn't have anything else to say, because I'm a teacher of the word, you know, and... I know some people have their areas. For example, your area is, one of your areas is hip-hop. Um, one of my father's areas is the message of faith. You know, certain pastors and ministers have a certain subject that they can just exhaust, that they can just squeeze so much life out of and have so much illumination about it. Me, I'm still filling myself up. You know, God hasn't really revealed what my bread and butter is, so to speak. So, I was done. I was done with the hip-hop. Thing. I mean, it really wasn't anything that was I was trying to um, that I desired to have any longevity um, in the ministry at the time. My dad was still pastor, so it wasn't my church, you know, or I wasn't responsible for the sheep. So I was really I was really done with it. But like I said, because of the draw, it ends up being every fifth Sunday, and it went on for about ah, I want to say about mm, maybe maybe three years as Hip Hop Sunday. Well, within that three years. I had heard about your your teaching. I saw a portion of the first one. And initially when I saw it, I, I mean, I I didn't even want to hear you. I was like, oh, man, this is just another one of those guys that just that's anti-secular music. I really didn't even know that you were really dealing with something bigger than just some secular songs. But initially when I heard you, I was like, oh, I don't want to hear this. This is somebody else, you know, that doesn't understand young people that doesn't understand our music. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't finish listening to part one. I left it alone. Then a couple months later, you know, somebody lets me, you know, hey, Pazzer, have you heard of this G. Craig Lewis? I'm like, yeah, I heard of him. You know, I know what this thing is about. He said, man, have you heard his new message? He something about, something about Exodus, something about Egypt. I'm like, oh, it's a different one? They were like, yeah. And they said, I think he, he's talking about you in one part. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me get this DVD So. I go ahead, I get it, and I get to that part. And you didn't you didn't mention my name, but you referenced what we did. And I really believe that part of why you didn't mention my name was out of respect for my father. I think because of his mm-hmm. legacy and what he's done. In my heart, I believe that that's why you did it. Because I think if I was some up-and-coming and, and new kid on the block, then you know you might have <laughs> disciplined me, so to speak. But I really think it was because um, of the respect you have for my father. So I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But man, I paused that DVD I got on that phone, man. I I called your ministry. I left you voicemails and emails, and man, you responded within like a day. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And, and by your email, I could tell that you didn't want to let that that DVD ministry be the only representation of you to me. So your willingness to talk, and then we talked on the phone, and then you happened to be coming out here, and we went to lunch and everything. And Man, that was just a beautiful time to get to know G. Craig Lewis, not just the guy that people see on the DVD. Um, so as a result of that, I think a seed was planted, and, and my attention now was on hip-hop in a different way. So I saw part two, went back, and I saw part one. I eventually saw part three. I haven't seen four or five yet. But the stuff that you've brought up caused me to just question some things. I was curious as to the origins now. Um, I hadn't done the research you had done, so I was still kind of iffy. I was like, okay, is this just, at the time you were Minister Lewis, I said, is this just his thing, and he's trying to push it on the church, or is there some validity to a lot of the stuff that you were saying? Mm -hmm. Well, some time has passed, and there's been a lot of validity a lot of the stuff That you were saying Now I wanted to stop Hip Hop Sunday Really initially Because for me It was played out It was played out At our church mm-hmm. It was like okay it, it, It's a dead thing let's, let's stop trying to Bring life to this thing it's, it's really a wrap I said we need to get back To our youth Sunday it, it, Because it, we're not We're not a Hip Hop church And that's what Eventually happened We ended up being Labeled a hip hop church you know, and a lot of people are like, well, you guys were the you know, the ones that started Hip Hop Sunday. Well, you know, yay to that in the sense of trailblazing something, but don't typecast me as that. Mm-hmm. And I got typecasted as a hip hop pastor, and I'm so far from that. Um, So my thing was, you know, let's, okay, Hip Hop Sunday is done. Let's get back to Youth Sunday now, and I'll still deal with youth issues, things like that. But that that portion is done. In addition, I'm not a youth minister. That's not my specialty. That's not my lane. So I don't have an anointing there. I can do it, but mm-hmm. not like some that have been called to it. Right. So um, to wrap this, this portion up now, um, so moved on to um, Youth Sunday, and then I wanted it to have an original name, so we called it, you know, Blueprint Sunday. And I think it began to kind of do what I was hoping it would do. But then even that got a little... It got a little redundant, and then I realized, you know what? This thing is run its course. Because when you're dealing with young people, stuff is is relevant for like five seconds, and then it becomes old, and then it becomes outdated. So, so you're trying to use something that that you think is cool, that you think is getting their attention, and next thing you know, it's played out to them. So I said, you know what? This let me let me go ahead and stop this because this is not my thing anyway. Now, along with Meeting you I want to bring up two things That you pointed out That I said You know what That just makes common sense You don't even need the Bible for this um, A lot of times Even myself When I used to rap And a lot of Some of the rappers That have come through You know And ministered Whether to the youth The congregation Would rap to secular instrumentals And initially I'm like There's nothing wrong with that Then I got to thinking You know If a, if a song comes out And And the lyrics Have already been birthed in that song or on that song then that song is stained with those lyrics Mm -hmm. so if i try and come and say i'm gonna just use the instrumental to that song but i'm gonna put holy lyrics on it the reality is is that when a kid hears it especially in the context of a ministry setting man their mind is going to that worldly song first how am i even penetrating the soul or penetrating their spirit with anything holy when their mind is already off somewhere else um holding the lyrics to the original song. I'm not even getting their attention. Mm-hmm. Second, Secondly, dancing to secular music. It's like an oxymoron to think that you have a praise dance team or your dance team just did a praise dance to a secular instrumental, especially if those dances are, are secular dances or worldly dances. That's no ministry. You just entertain. Mm-hmm. So things like that started to just make common sense to me. I'm like, okay, you know what? We need to reevaluate this thing we're gonna dance if we're gonna have a praise dance team they need to dance to praise music if we're gonna have Christian rappers they need to have their you know original material um and so and so I guess now the most recent thing is um and, and this is one of the main reasons why I wanted to get back with you and I'll end i in here, here I mean within two weeks I'm talking within two weeks like the latter part of December up until now I said you know what let me do my own research on hip hop. Let me just see what the internet has to say. Let's see what the world has to say. And I came across some scary stuff, man. Like, I think for me the biggest, the biggest thing or the scariest thing was, and I don't mean scare in the sense of the spirit right. of fear, but just right. I'm like, wow, shocking. Yeah. Um, I think one of the the, the, the most frightening things was I, I read some some stuff up on KRS-One and and I'll just summarize there's a hip hop bible there's like 13 tenets to the hip hop faith and his words out of his mouth were I don't have to go through any man or any religion to get to God I can get to God myself and in 100 years I mean hip hop should be a religion which means in his mind it already is one mhm i said okay wow this is scary i said let's just the church needs to be honest with itself and say If in a hundred years, hip-hop was a known religion, would we still be trying to bring it into the church? Right. So, that's where I'm at now, Pastor.
0: (laughs) Well, it's, you know, I just want everyone to know, hearing you say those things, and when we, you know, when we sat down and we met, and a lot of people see the DVDs and they just, you know, they immediately jump to the defense. I've got a lot of close friends now, even some in your area that we didn't start out close friends, but, you know, they heard a little of what I had to say, and then they just turned it off, got upset, and did their own thing, which is, you know, the natural reaction, I think, to a, you know, a modern day profit that's coming and going against the grain, especially when entertainment is so big in the Los Angeles area and those areas where you are, you want to get something that's going to draw young people or get their attention or keep them coming and those kinds of things. And so a lot of times we, you know, we gravitate to something that looks like it may work. Well, in essence, I, I believe that God gives people, like you said, certain lanes to be in so that they can devote their time because we devoted, you know, some 12 years before I even start preaching the message to just yeah. understanding how the mind works, how the mind accepts music, you know, the where music is in the system of things. And so, you know, when this message comes, a lot of times it just... Like you said, it it just shocks the person that's listening to it, and they have to make a decision at that point. And I, I want everyone to know that you know what you've experienced is what the majority of youth pastors or pastors that I've talked to have experienced with. Ex Ministries and the truth behind hip hop. This is nothing new. That's why, when, you know, when you said, "Hey, let's let's meet, let's talk," I was like, "Cool, let's do it." Because I understood where you were, I understood exactly what you were doing. But then I also understood, hey, I may have some information that you may not be privy to, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what I want people to get even out of this interview. You know, this isn't just a, a confession where you, you know, you were wrong, I was right, that kind of thing. But it is that, you know, hey, God has gifted me in this area to have some information that most people don't know. I understand that. I believe the truth behind hip hop and EX Ministries is a literal phenomenon. I believe that it came at a time when the devil was setting up a system to steal our young people away. And if you didn't look under a magnifying glass, you would miss it. And so. You know, that's kind of where we were. And I appreciate what you're saying. And I I hope that as people listen to this, they'll get a good understanding that, you know, this isn't just an interview that you just throw away after you listen to it. But this is very important for you to understand that this hip hop thing is trying to creep its way into the church for a reason. And that reason is. It wants to become the religion of our generation. And you read that in KRS-One's Bible. And we talked about this in part five of the Truth Behind Hip-Hop. I got to get you one of those DVDs. But it is a religion that KRS-One has believed in for 20 years. And he created Holy Hip-Hop. And that's what most people don't realize. KRS-One was the first Holy Hip-Hopper. He called himself a Holy Hip-Hopper. And he recorded a gospel album and put it in all the Christian bookstores, spiritual minded, because he believed that he was the way and hip hop was the way to reach the young people. And he even stated that the church would not be able to reach this generation unless they go through hip hop. Wow and now we're seeing it all manifest some 20 years later we're seeing a Bible come out we're seeing churches that you know their young people are going crazy we're seeing pregnancy I'm getting emails and I don't know if you get a lot of this but I mean young people are doing things in church buildings now while service is going on that are just despicable and should not even be named but they're following the subculture of hip-hop in this experience and they're acting this thing out you know and I don't know if it's like that in LA, but I know here in Texas, and oh, yeah. is that kind of going on in some of the churches up oh, there? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, we we get some. Oh, we get some, uh, some stories. I mean, yeah, it's almost like the the level of respect and honor for the building, which we know where the church, but there still was a degree of respect for the temple or the building or the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and it seems like it's it's diminishing.
0: Yeah. And, and and it's like that. It's happening everywhere. And I I want to say this. You know, I really want people to know. You know, your father and what uh, your father really stood for in my life. You know, in my father's life, who my father passed at the age of fifty three about ten years ago. But my father was a hoop. You know, he was a hooping preacher. You know, yeah. he would get the organ, and I was his organist. So I would travel with him. And I mean, my father would just like rip the church in half. He he was just. <laughs> <laughs> he could do it he could go for it you know and we'd be and we would be riding home or you know we just talking one-on-one and he would always tell me he was like you know this is not the kind of ministry you have he said don't do this he thought that a lot of it was a distraction you know from what he was trying to say and he told me you know you need to pattern yourself after you know fred price so I began to watch your father, you know, and 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 I like I told you when I met you, my admiration for uh, Dr. Price was that he was the first black man I ever saw that could just open up the Bible and walk around with it and talk and yeah. teach. And, you know, he didn't need the organ. He didn't need the music. He didn't need the emotional hype or whatever because he had something to say. Yeah. And that changed my life, man. That he, Your father, just watching him, changed my life and let me know that, hey, what I'm able to do, I can be comfortable in doing it. And it literally gave me, you know, courage to, to, to preach. And I would go to places where my father had preached and people would expect me to do what my father was doing and then I'd open up a Bible with no music and I'd sit there and teach and the courage to do that really came from watching your father and I learned that from him so you know after this whole ordeal and you know we came out there I wanted you to know that but I do believe that the influence that the ministry has your ministry and what your father has done I believe it was important for people to hear what you had to say on this broadcast because when you stand up and condone a certain thing people are going to follow you just because of your influence right. and so I thought it was good if you came on here and let people know hey this is the direction that Christian uh, uh, cringe. Yeah, you could
1: just
0: say CCC, Patrick. <laughs> there you go. You see, I'm struggling with that. So the, the influence that CCC has, when you stand up and say it, it means the world to people. Many ministries across the world. Pattern themselves after what Dr. Price and what you are doing there, because you know you guys have that kind of influence, so I thought it was you know very important for you to come on and share your heart because I knew your heart from talking to you one on one but it 's good sometimes to clear the air and let people know, and you know me and you have never been in a battle against each other. It was never even like that once yeah. we talked, so yeah. you know I thought it was wonderful for you know that to happen now how how are your youth? transitioning when they transitioned out of the hip-hop sunday to what is currently going on are you seeing the effects of that transition
1: um we had some and then like when we started it we had some older members that they just weren't feeling it i had I, i had more support than naysayers but once again i just i just threw their age right back at them saying you know well just don't understand young people and I, realistically there may have there may have been some that were like that but there were others that just genuinely were grieved by the spirit of the thing and i do want to say this and i believe i've heard you say it too you know we need christian rappers <laughs> we you know as you mm-hmm. said rap is a genre of music like any other genre and so we need Christian rappers I mean, they, they, they do um, they, can, they can minister to young people And even others You know, through that Through the message that they have Through that music And I think sometimes we've, we've made a habit of calling Everything that's rap, hip-hop I think we call everything that is Got rhythmic poetry to it That has a certain kind of dress we, we just automatically call it hip-hop, and it's not all hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And then all youth aren't hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the other things we were doing is there were young people in our church. They didn't rap. They didn't dance in that manner, and it was, it was as if we were isolating them. I got two reports um, that came across my desk of young people that just felt like, well, what can I do now? Because, you know, I, I sing opera or classical style, you know. I, I, I just I just sing, you know. It's not... R and B or whatever, it's, it's, I just sing. So in a sense, some of them were being ostracized because that wasn't them anyway. Mm-hmm. So the assumption that when we think urban youth, we think hip hop—that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, I would say and I would encourage—like I contacted you, and I think some people may think you, you know they, they may have been upset at you when they saw the when they saw your 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 message, which me I I um, originally. And, and when I initially saw it myself, I was, I was upset too, but I said, you know what, let, let me call this, let me call this cat. Let me call this brother. Let's see if he'd be willing to talk, man. And your response was so fast. I said, man, he's willing to talk. And I could tell, I could tell by your tone in the email, he's not, he's not being confrontational. He's not, he's not trying to be controversial just to be controversial and get under people's skin. That's not the case. So I would encourage a lot of the individuals that you called out in your messages to to attempt to contact you and and talk with you because some of the guys that you you mentioned I mean I know some of them and of all of these artists I mean there are some Pastor Lewis I can tell you they genuinely love God and love God's people Mm -hmm. and want to help God's people they should they should just give you a call and not throw their rocks at you and I and and I think that's one of the reasons why division stays in the body is because we don't make an attempt to have a conversation Mm -hmm. and I think in our attempt to make a conversation we found out okay we we have a lot more in common than we do differently mm-hmm. so um you know i would encourage those to do that and then once again i just kind of want to harbor on the whole like i said i don't want anybody to think man i pastor price you, you tripping you was one way a minute ago but did you Did i think you let pastor lewis i think you let g kirk lewis kind of just get in your head and maybe brainwash <laughs> you a bit well that's not the case because no. i don't i don't get down like that i research stuff on my own I, i'm my own man i walk my own path man and i'm telling you Pastor Lewis, when, when, I, when I saw, not heard from you, but saw myself, the the intentions for hip-hop, I was like, oh, this is this is not good. And because KRS-One is a pioneer of hip-hop, he can make that call. Mm-hmm. Whoever starts something has a right to determine the direction it goes. I mean, we know Christ wouldn't change things about Christianity right now, but he's the head of the church. If he wanted to leave the right hand of the Father right now and talk about our new direction, he could do that. <laughs> he's the founder. Right. Right. <laughs> So an individual like KRS-One can say, "Hey, this is what hip hop is, and this is where hip hop is going." And anybody that wants to be a part of hip hop, they're going to have to go into that direction. Well, if hip hop is going to be a religion, we can't be a part of that. That's right. That's just real. I, I, I think I think you can you can take that at face value. You, you don't have to interpret it and 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 make any assumptions about it. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So.
0: That's that's right And I, I appreciate that man I mean that That means a lot to me Because if you notice On most of the DVDs The first thing I tell people You know Y'all Go research for yourself It's right there Right And you know A lot of people get upset At some of the things Even calling different names out And different things And I don't want to get into All of that right. But I do want to say You know, if it's done in public, man, we're going to address it because if young people see it, if they hear it, if parents see it and they hear it and it's in public, then it has to be addressed and it has to be held up to the light of Christ by the body of Christ. That is not judging at all. That's if, you know, if now if I was going into people's private lives and pulling up stuff, because there's a lot of stuff I could say right now, even about some rappers and different things that are going on in private lives. Right. And I don't touch it, man. I don't, I don't deal with that. That's not what God has called me to do. I'm not, you know, slaying folks' personal lives and in their personal business. I'm just dealing with what they do and say in public, in print, on CDs, on videos, whatever, because that, what I see is what everybody sees. As far as exposure So it's not even exposing it It's just sorting it And holding it up to the word of God And saying hey this should not have been done Or this should have been done And like, like you said If people call me and contact me We will talk I'll talk to you Now I'm not going to be able to talk to every rapper That feels like God has called them To the hip hop ministry all over the country And they get mad about that You know, They think that I should be able to do that They don't understand EX Ministries Is is an international ministry With 4 million hits on the website So you got to know we get a lot of traffic Through what we do But if there are leaders that call me and, And pastors that are interested in talking Or different ones that we may have dealt with Even in the videos Then I'm willing to talk Because I think that right now is the time For us to stand up And say no more of this hip hop And like you were saying about Christian rap We have never come against Christian rap At EX Ministries We have never Matter of fact I got a group uh, J&J Soul They're my closest Some of my closest friends And these guys are Christian rappers So it's not Christian rap We have a problem with It is the subcultural religion of hip-hop and that is what does not belong in the church of god yeah well i appreciate you coming on pastor price and i just you know we just wish you the best in your new endeavor as pastor that god would continue to lead and guide you and what you do and um i just thank you even the influence your father had I thank him and thank you for coming on and clearing the air and allowing people to hear your heart as far as the direction that you're, you know, going in with the ministry there at Crenshaw Christian Center. See, I got it right that time. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, Pastor. And I thank you for having me.
0: Oh, yeah. No problem. Anytime, man. And we'll continue to fellowship and talk. And I just want everybody to know that uh, to be encouraged. And those of you pastors that, you know, thought that hip hop was a good idea, maybe you changed your mind wherever you are right now. Just allow God to lead you in that ministry, because I'm telling you, like like Pastor Price said, if it's relevant five minutes later, it may not be. That's why we got to just stick with the word of God, because the Bible said the flower faded, the grass withereth, but the word of God. Uh, never changes meaning it's always in season and it's always relevant because the word is absolute so we'll be back with another x cast real soon continue to pray for ex ministries and uh, Crenshaw christian center and we'll be back at a later date god bless you